the only outcome I'm attached to is like living life and letting life like let let like seeing where my life goes. That's my only attachment. Therefore, we never fail. Even when shit hits the fan, even when something supposedly falls apart, I'm like, I'm unattached to my business being successful. You know, I, I only think I'm attached to is like, what's next? You're listening to Rewild and Free. This is the go-to podcast for conscious and holistic mother entrepreneurs who are ditching society's to-do list for intentional living, freedom, and abundance while creating impact and legacy in their home and business. If we haven't met yet, I'm Nicole Pazvier, your like-hearted mom friend and biz bestie wrapped in one. I'm an ex-nurse turned matrescence guide and business coach, leading women just like you into the new paradigm, where thriving in motherhood is your birthright and so is a successful and sustainable online business. Keep listening if you're ready to unsubscribe from patriarchal motherhood, bro marketing, and boss babe culture. Because in this space, we use nature as our framework as we move towards feminine embodied business development, cyclical orientation, and slow living. Together, let's rewild and remember as we break free from survival and reconnect to what truly matters. Okay, friend, steep your tea and take the most loving breath you've given to yourself today, and let's go. Hello, and welcome back to another episode. This is, I think, number 43, um, and it's been it's been a while since I've actually sat in front of the microphone, so this episode feels a little bit raw and a little bit tender um, because it it had just been so long since I had even recorded with someone else, um, and I am literally editing and creating this intro and putting this all together in like real time. (laughs) Um, We recorded this morning and um, it's currently like 7.30 my time on a Friday night and I'm just getting everything together. I want to get this episode out as soon as possible because the conversation is, oh, I don't even know how to explain the impact that this conversation could have on your life. Um, Maybe what I'll do is I'll try to explain the impact that Hannah has had on my life. So this episode, I am joined by Hannah Tovar, who is the Primal Priestess on Instagram. And if you aren't familiar with the Primal Priestess, um, she is a mother, a wife, an entrepreneur, and a self-initiated mystic. Her medicine centers the space where birth, sex, and business meet. And from here, she guides women in both intuitive frequency and tangible form to tap into free-flowing cyclical creation. And so if you have paid attention to my space and a lot of what I live and breathe and teach, um, a lot of that has actually been passed down to me from Hannah. Um, If I were to name kind of my own coaching lineage, um, Hannah would be a part of that tapestry. And so, yeah, this, this conversation and just being able to sit with her and have this conversation and um, bring a lot of these kind of fluffier concepts into more tangible form, I think is going to be really supportive for a lot of people that are listening. And um, we, we discuss um, Hannah's upcoming program, her signature, signature program called Inner Mastery. I was a part of the first cohort in the spring of last year, and I'm really excited to be joining again um, this, this spring. So if you're listening in real time, we actually start 
I think like next Sunday, February 4th. So it's coming right up. Um, so this is your invitation. If this conversation lights you up and if you, um, are really just vibing with the things that Hannah is talking about, I, I invite you to really consider joining, joining myself and the other council of women that have already said yes to inner mastery, because I can pretty much promise you that, um, it can have an incredible impact on your life. I think one of the most incredible ways that Hannah has had such an influence on my life is just shining light on the multi-dimensionality of literally like every realm of our existence, right? It's business, it's motherhood, it's marriage, it's sex, it's money. It's actually all the same. Um, And we're going to dive into basically all of that in this episode, but that just kind of gives you a taste of how impactful Hannah's work in this world is and how impactful Hannah's work has already been on my own life and um, just how I've been able to fine-tune and really build up or begin develop- developing a clean foundation in my inner world and I say this a lot and I think this probably came from Hannah that like our business is a reflection of our inner world and so I am probably like I will it's a hill I'll die on that like it is so important that if you are creating a heart-led business and you are building a business in service to other humans that it is so so important that you are also in service to yourself and yeah Hannah has had a really really big influence a positive influence on me in creating that foundation and um, creating that lifestyle. And so I'm really excited for you to meet her and hear her. Um, And if you're feeling the pull, I'm excited to invite you into the next cohort of Inner Mastery. Um, I also just want to name and I guess give like a little life update for me um, before we get into the recording. I have been experiencing, oh gosh, um, I mean, for those that are listening that are kind of in my inner circle, you know, you know what's going on. But for those that aren't, I guess I just want to name the fact that I am experiencing some intense contraction right now. I am in another version of death and rebirth and taking another leap. And I don't necessarily have language for it yet. It feels like I'm really in this like dilation phase and the discomfort and the liminality that comes with that the darkness um and I've been it's been reflected to me by a lot of a lot of my friends and a lot of the people that are kind of holding space for me in this time that I am handling this current situation with so much grace and um just really grounded and rooted to my own values and It feels really, really good to have that reflected back to me because I feel the same. Um, I am really, really, I'm almost like teary-eyed just talking about this because it is so intense and I'm still kind of in the thick of it. Um, I'm really, really proud of myself. (laughs) I'm really, really proud of how I'm handling everything right now. Um, And honestly, I, I, I owe a lot of that to the work I've done with Hannah and the the tools I've learned from her and the the foundation that I've begun building and the lifestyle that I'm I'm constantly fine-tuning and yeah I'll just leave it at that let's get into the recording 
you just uh free birthed your third baby um you are I think living near Seattle but previous to that you and your husband um well you've built a house and then you decided to kind of travel around in a camper for a bit so like you've done lots of things and now you're kind of coming back to your own version of center and what that looks like in this season of your life so why don't you <laughs> that's, add that's on actually to that. a great place to go yeah I think um something that has been so freeing and liberating and exciting for my husband and I to jump into is just being willing to take leaps and mm -hmm. take risks and being so detached to the outcome um, and really continually coming back to like, there is no such thing as a wrong choice or a wrong decision. Mm -hmm. Even if what like even if the choice leads to like everything falling apart, like we literally sold everything we owned. We sold everything we owned twice. <laughs> um, the second time we were like, we were moving to Hawaii, we sold everything. We oh my gosh, it was a lot of work to get our asses and our children to Hawaii while I was pregnant. We were there for like a month. And we one day we just looked at looked at each other and we're like, it's not, this isn't for us. It's not for us anymore. And we definitely, we can sit down and make lists of like all the things that are wrong, but that always leads us to staying, leads us to like staying where we're at for even longer. And as we kind of had to learn, like as soon as both of us, both of us are on the same page of like, this isn't working. Like we just have to leave. We have to go. We have to do something different. Um, so we spent like, I think six weeks in Hawaii and then we moved back to where we started. And I've had some people say some things to me that are like, oh, like it didn't work out or like, oh, it was like a, a failure or like a flop. I was like, oh no, it was exactly like no. we, we, we were supposed to go and we were supposed to go for that long and we were supposed to come home. Like, yeah. and everything we learned there and everything we did there, it, it was supposed to happen. Um, you know, we've done this many, many times <laughs> We before we even had kids, you know, we actually sold everything and moved to California on a whim and worked on a farm and lived off grid and um, you know, then we, my husband built our house. That was like kind of a leap as well, was like building a homestead and jumping into the homesteading life. And then as soon as that, that one actually took us a long, longer time to realize it wasn't working and to get out of, um, just because there's so much more physical structure to move through when you have a homestead and animals and land and all those things. But being able to just sell something that we had put so much work into and to travel and then sell the camper and that is something that I've really mirrored into my business as like, mm. do, will I keep forcing something that isn't working? You know, or th th it doesn't even feel good to me. Do I have to have a list of tangible reasons why it's time to change? Or can I just be like, this isn't feeling good anymore. I want to do something else. Even yeah. if what I was doing was really successful before, because I did have a really good, I had a really good year last year in my business. And there are some things that I was doing that worked really, really well that I'm just like, eh, I'm not feeling it anymore. And can I just let myself, I can now, I can just let myself let go and move on to what's next. But that is, ooh, I didn't think that's where we were going to go today, but that feels I feel so like important to share. That is like the ultimate form of self-trust. Like, cause that's what it's coming down to the ability to trust yourself enough to pivot even though you don't have like those logical reasons or like rationale or like 
the language to justify it if someone challenges you on it. I think that's where a lot of people struggle is we we feel like we need this this list to be able to like argue and defend ourselves when really no it can really just be as simple as like my heart wasn't in it anymore like it just didn't feel right maybe we can talk about that like what does it actually feel like more tangibly speaking when you know okay this isn't this isn't right for us anymore yeah i'd love to say i i don't know if it's trust in self or if it's like trusted god um mm. and when i say god you know it's i'll you know i'll give like the preface like god source creator source universe. yeah um you know universe yeah. whatever whatever it is it's like it's trust in the divine Mm-hmm. I don't have a lot of trust in self. If I was trying to do this based on self, I wouldn't do any of it. <laughs> but it is, you know, just looking around and, and feeling, uh, feeling pulled, you know, um, talk about the, all I wanted was to homestead. That's all my husband wanted. We wanted the animals. We could feel it. Um, and then after a while, like all we wanted was to travel. And it, that it's that simple. Like I wish I could explain it more. And that's, I I teach this, as you know, I always say it's simple. It's literally so simple. Do we have to actually complicate it and say, what is it going to feel like for you? If if you're listening to this, like, you know what it feels like. You have a desire. You have a drive. You have a want. Stop thinking about it. Stop trying to logic it. Like, just go for what you want, even if it feels unrealistic. Um, And it's not that it's going to fix all your problems, but it's that there's something there for you. And even if that isn't the path, right? I, I work with a lot of women who will say, but what if it was like a wounded choice? And what if this is coming from a place of fear or scarcity? And I'm like, okay, go into it. You're going to actually then master that fear and scarcity. We, yeah. <laughs> this is what happened when we went to Hawaii. It actually was, a, I would say a very wounded choice on my end to go to Hawaii. I had pedestaled a certain lifestyle. I had pedestaled mm-hmm. a certain a certain thing that I thought if, if I could get, get there and get into this community and live this certain way, then I would feel complete and whole. It was a very <laughs> wounded choice. That doesn't mean it was the wrong choice because I mm-hmm. went there and I don't feel that way anymore. I feel so fucking confident in where I'm at now because I met my I met my fear and I met the pedestal like face on and I got to find out who I am and what I want. Mm, yeah, I think you... You totally answered my question, even though I feel like you were kind of going on the the path of saying that that's really hard to answer. I think the answer is it's following impulse and it's following desire. So it it what it actually entails is like tuning out the outside noise enough so that you can actually like hear yourself and hear your own desires and urges and like just trusting that that pull is for you instead of listing out all the reasons why it might be a bad idea. Yes. Yeah. And I do, I definitely don't jump on every impulse. I definitely have a lot of impulses and I, I usually let things sit for a while, you know, it wasn't, move, let's move to Hawaii. And then the next day we did it. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, the move to Hawaii was interesting because I also noticed, um, you know, all of the coincidences and circumstances that came together. Like we had been talking about a move, where do we want to go? What do we want to do? And then all of a sudden, all these opportunities opened up. Like there was the perfect home for us that arrived mm-hmm. into our field, and like all all the things aligned for it the to happen. So that is also yeah. keep unfolding. Yeah, and and following those synchronicities, being tuned into them, and being able to notice like, okay, like we called that in. It's a 
whenever there's a synchronicity in my life, I, I don't ever think it's a coincidence. I'm like, oh, that's for me. <laughs> it's for me. And if an opportunity arrives, like I'm, I'm a big yes man, right? Yes woman. Mm -hmm. um, I'm going to say yes. But to I something. think it takes like um, a level of self-awareness and like self attunement, if that's even a word yeah. in being open to even seeing those synchronicities. Cause I think that's something that a lot of women can kind of they get into this life that is just so like just living on autopilot and like so closed off because they're really just so attached to a certain outcome that they can only see it's almost like having blinders on and if the blinders are on and you are closing yourself up to seeing those synchronicities and seeing those nudges and pulls then I mean mm. it's really hard to embody everything you're speaking of right now so I, I feel like even like taking a step backwards of like okay well how do you how do you get yourself to a place of being this open and trusting those synchronicities when they come up how do you, I guess how, how do you de how do you detach from the outcome and I'm, I'm my mind is already going to birth because I feel like for both of us like birth is really how we can kind of integrate these really big ideas um, and I think back to like my own birth experience yeah. and how like step number one is like detach from the outcome. <laughs> like yeah. we cannot control the outcome. So as much as you want to create a birth plan and think about all the positions you want to be in and like what you're going to do when your baby is wherever it is in like the birth canal, like we can't decide any of that. It really is just about being open and following the nudges and the call and the, the, the polls as it's coming and trusting that they're for you if you're listening. Yeah, I love that you bring up birth. So I saw you do the the blinders like this. You put yeah. the blinders next to your eyes. And I was thinking, yeah, the ultimate way to do this is actually to just like, go like this, mm, <laughs> completely like cover completely, the eyes. Oh my because goodness, it's it's yeah. for no one. It's it's yeah. an internal process. And as you talk about Ooh. birth too, um, I think women here like mm -hmm. detach from the outcome. And it's like that doesn't mean just go with whatever anyone says yeah right when I look well, at yeah, detaching it's not from the outcome it's, yes it's about taking those blinders that look maybe forward towards what you want and like letting whatever you see guide you there and closing your eyes completely okay. being like okay like what's next for me in my body and this really is um comes into the embodiment practices and work um you know as you say how do you get to this point it's not this it's a it's my like it's a spiritual belief system um, and it's a spiritual practice and it's a lifestyle. It's a way of, of moving through life that isn't just in my decisions, but it's in all of the areas of my life is that like, you know, um, I, I get to choose and it's all, it's all within me. And when I close my eyes down to what everyone else is doing, what everyone else, what works for everyone else. And it just is like getting into my body. Now, this is where it gets really tricky because, um, you know, if you're living in a body that is dysregulated, malnourished, undersupported, depleted, if you're living in a body that has never processed trauma or wounding, if you're living in, if you're living in a body that you're not living in, if you're not living in your body, it's going to be impossible. You won't know. Uh, maybe everything feels like tension. Maybe everything feels like fear. Maybe everything feels like impulse. And also intuition can feel dangerous. Mm, and yeah. so this is really where I come to, you know, 
with my work with women in the world. And, you know, I, I used to be a, a birth keeper. I used to be a doula. I used to do midwifery. I was um, attending unassisted births for a while. I'm still heavily in the birth world, but I had realized after attending so many births um, that it didn't actually matter how, <laughs> it didn't matter what I did or said in a birth to a woman. The only thing that actually matters, the only thing that actually drives your experience of your birth is your connection to your body and your connection to your intuition and your ability to act based on those things. And as much as I would love to do, you know, three prenatal appointments with a woman, and teach her how to trust her intuition and in, in three sessions that doesn't that's not how it works no it's not a taught process it is something that you have to live and embody every single day and fine tune it's it's a lifestyle it's not here's these three lessons to trust your intuition it's like it's an everyday application it's a growing re it's a relationship mm -hmm. with your intuition mm -hmm. and it ebbs and it flows and yeah, this is uh this is my work with women now is really just what is it like to get into your body and to let body lead and to be, you know, moving through the limits, the codes, the woundings as they come up in your life because they will. Um yeah, and I like something something that really stands out to me that you have I'm pretty sure verbalized in several spaces and it's all around the idea of like things are coming up not to be fixed. They're just coming up to be tended to. And I know for myself and in my own lifestyle and in my softening era, like that has been so, so supportive because it's not about fixing and it's not about um, trying to like regain control over things and trying to micromanage and coming back to like being attached to an outcome. Like it's not about all of that. It's really just about being so present with what is and trusting that you will be able to kind of like handle it and hold it as it comes. It's this holding. Mm, yeah. And what a, I'll just share a few of the mirrors. As soon as you speak that, um, you know, you might hear me, if you, if you follow my work, you'll hear me use the word mirror a lot because I believe it's, you know, the way we do one thing is the way we do everything. And so this belief mm -hmm. system of, of this not fixing the, I call it the quantum midwife, the one who can just hold mm -hmm. space and not try to change, fix, or correct. You know, let's talk about birth really quickly. And there's so many times um, I've been at births or even in my own birth where I'm going to shout out, um, oh, save me. I can't do this anymore. <laughs> do I actually need someone to come in and save me? Or do I need someone to just look at me and be like, yeah, this is really hard. And even like, I didn't even, my husband didn't even say those things to me in birth. He just rubbed my back and he was like, yeah. And like, that is all I need is that it's, is that, that person, that anchor that is like, it's like really safe to be uncomfortable. Um, I think about this with mothering as well. You know, I was listening to my, my two-year-old this morning, having a complete meltdown over who knows what, whatever two-year-old has a meltdown over, no one knows do I need to go out there and figure out what his meltdown is about and fix it for him? No. no. I was actually listening to my husband try to fix the problem and it just spun him out even more. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. I, I that's such a perfect example. I, yeah. I <laughs> walked out and I dropped out and I said, you're so frustrated right now. And he wiped his tears. Yeah. And I said, oh, this must be so hard. Yeah. I said, oh, I'm here with you. And then he like hugged me for a minute. He goes, 
better now. And then he just walks away. It's all over. Yeah. Yeah. What what do we really need when we're spinning out is to just be seen. It's okay. And, and mm-hmm. also like it's okay. Yeah. It feels so unsafe in your body to yeah. be intense, to be big, to not have control, to not know what's going on, to have a problem without a solution. Those yeah. things are terrifying. Yeah. And when we have people around us who can hold us properly in those spaces, it makes all of the difference. And so, you know, mirroring that to your own inner world, what mm-hmm. does it look like to do that for yourself? You know, as I think about these leaps, maybe it's an investment leap. Maybe it's a move. Uh, maybe someone's going to be maybe leaving their partner or quitting a job or whatever it is. Like, it's okay to not know. And it's really safe to be scared. And that is what I've learned as we talk about these leaps and moves and selling everything and burning it down. And um, I am I have gotten to a place where it is so safe in my body to be terrified. I yeah. am so, so safe to be terrified. Finding comfort in like the liminal space and in the darkness, right? Knowing that I don't like, even know as if it's you comfort. keep taking, <laughs> okay, you're right. Maybe comfort is too big of a word, but, even... but... no, it's like, it's just, it's, it is, it's surrender. Yeah. It is surrender, mm-hmm. right? We still want to be like, oh, you can be, no, I'm not going to say I'm happy during it. I wasn't mm-hmm. like smiling during my free birth. I was crying mm-hmm. saying, I can't do this mm-hmm. the whole time. I didn't need anyone to be like, you've got this. And maybe like, you're right. I do got this. No, I don't got it. I'm losing my fucking shit right now. Okay. But cool, there's still it. like a grounded <laughs> sense of safety, right? Like amidst yes. the discomfort, there's still a, I am safe. And I think when we can root down into that truth whatever it is whatever situation it is I think that's part of what helps hold that that frequency that energy um something I was thinking about as you were just speaking on kind of like the radical midwife and even like um parenting a toddler oh my goodness I am totally in the thick of it yesterday I got off the couch wrong and it was a whole thing for two hours (laughs) yes yes (laughs) But something that I was thinking about and something that has been a big part of my own experience in like unlearning, relearning and embodying is this, this piece around validation. And I feel like it can be really easy to crave and have this desire for validation. And that validation can sometimes come in the form of just being seen and having space held for you. But I think, and this is my own experience, I went through this season where I didn't think I was worthy of the validation I thought by wanting that validation that meant that there was something not necessarily something wrong with me but just like I feel like this kind of goes in line with just I don't know maybe even like toxic masculinity where like we're kind of taught to be hyper independent and like um just being able to do things on our own without needing support so it's this this, I had this inability to actually receive deep support. I'd like to kind of go in that direction and hear what your thoughts are on this. (laughs) I really, I also come to like the sister wound and how, Mm -hmm. yeah, don't we, don't we be little women who want attention? Oh, she's just attention seeking. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, you're damn right. I'm a human. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And I'm worthy of being seen. I'm worthy. Yeah. Yeah. Of course I want attention. Of course I want connection. Of course I want to be seen. Of course I want to be heard. 
whenever I see someone say something like that, I'm like, are, are you okay? Are you really that afraid of being seen? Yeah. And I think, you know, you know and, and the it validation is, that is, is what like, it is. It's this fear. It's this fear yeah. of being seen. And then I guess the fear of ultimately like rejection and yeah misunderstood but ultimately going deeper than that like rejection and not being lovable I think yes Mm. yes unconditional love right I mean that's our that's a basic human need is unconditional love and coming back to like just biological drive oh I think you and I have worked on this so many times where, you know, mm-hmm. you brought me something and I go, is that a, you think it's like a wound? No, it's not just you. This is so many of my clients mm-hmm. will bring me a problem that they're having, a quote unquote problem. And they'll be like, it's this, you know, this block, this thing I need to remove. And I'm like, it sounds like it's a biological drive. Like mm-hmm. you want to be seen, you want community, you want to be supported, you want to be loved. That doesn't seem mm-hmm. like something we need to clear, but yeah. it does seem like something that has some distortion around it. Yeah. Right. Um, and that's that's the work that we tend to is the distortion, because really, you know, it's you can want to be loved. You can want to be validated and want to be seen. Those are very healthy things. The distortion that I see is that if I don't get it, I am it's it's giving that power away. If I right. don't get it from this person or from these people, then I'm not worthy. It's letting, um, you know, it's not the problem is that you have the innate desire, but the problem is giving the the power to other people to sway mm-hmm. your own worth. And so mm-hmm. that's really the work, you know, I like to do in session with women as we go into the body and say, okay, like, let's deal with the solar plexus. The solar plexus is where we hold, um, you know, these emotional, the hierarchy, that that wanting to fit in, that sister wound, that hierarchy, that's where we hold it. And when we're living from the solar plexus, when we're letting our choices be swayed by how others will receive us, um, that's when it gets really messy. But then when we move up and we start living from our heart space, which is more like, I I want to be loved and it's okay. I love myself enough. And no matter whether you receive me or not, I still love myself. That's when we're able to continually move forward in that safe space, you know, and once again, talk about validation. Like I got to a point in my leaping journey and my expansion journey where it's like the, the people around me can't validate what I'm doing because it's actually scaring them. They've never done it. So that's when I personally start investing in, I, you know, creating relationships with women who are expanders, getting at the table with expanders is so big. And then also investing in those spaces. If I don't have friends who are doing it, I got to I got to invest in mentorships. I got to invest in courses. I've got to put myself out there. You know, you got to get with people who are doing this. Those are the people who are going to validate you in the experience. So many people, um, you know, when I first launched my business and I said we were going to sell our home and travel, so many people in my life were like, you know, that seems really sporadic. That doesn't seem very stable. And then I, you know, I got at the table with women who took big leaps and they were like, hell yeah, follow your heart. I see this in the free birth circles too, you know, that I sit in. There's so many women who will, uh, you know, maybe be on the fence about free birth and they'll come to one of my circles, which has, you know, a dozen women who have free birthed. And they sit down and they're like, yeah, I'm not sure. And then they'll listen to the stories for like an hour of, they look around, they're like, all, all 12 of you have free birth? And we're all like, yeah. And by the end of it, they're like, cool, I guess I'm going to do it too. Like, you just need to have that. Like, it's okay. It's it's safe. It's safe to leap. It's safe to be uncomfortable, right? And when you 
And it's okay to want the validation in the process. I think it's really healthy as women to allow ourselves to be in counsel. And also like notice when you want to curate your counsel and fine tune it a little bit to, to be with people, you know, to be around, to get around people who are doing the things that you want to do. Yeah, that's exactly where my mind was starting to head is just how important it is to really fine tune the circle in which you're surrounding yourself in. Because yeah, like if you are getting validation from people who are just like projecting fears onto you, that's going to continue to keep you small. That's going to continue to um, just heighten the fears that you might already have. And it's just going to bring them up to the surface and make them even louder instead of actually helping you to see like the limitlessness and the expansion, like expansion really is the best word for this. <sighs> yeah. And it's, you know, it's really, really big. One of my mentors at the time when I was, when we were taking the leap and selling all of our stuff and doing our first really big move, you know, all one of my biggest fears at the time was like, what if my business flops? You know, my husband was quitting his nine to five and we were going to live off of my income for a while. Um, just so he could, you know, I really wanted my husband to, he's always worked a nine to five since he was like 16, not 16, but like 18 years old. Since he graduated high school, he's been working a nine to five. And I was like, you know, I want to give you a year to like not, and just completely like reset your nervous system. And so we did that. And one of my big concerns that I was always voicing was like, well, like, what if, what if it fails? What if it flops? What if I can't do it? And my mentor at the time, she was like, okay, cool. Then it fails and flops and he gets a job at a freaking restaurant for a yeah. couple months while you guys get your shit together. And I'm like, oh yeah. And it's not and like is a that really a fail like, and a flop? It, right. Exactly. That's just right. like something to learn and, like, and grow. It's just the next from. step. Yeah. Right. Uh, it's so easy happened, to you know? like say these things, especially like in hindsight and looking back. And it's like even like your your six week stint in Hawaii, even though that might have like you thought that was going to be longer. And so people might be saying, oh, so it didn't work out. It's just so interesting because it's so easy mm -hmm. once we can zoom out to realize, OK, well, no, that was the next step. That was the turning point and like the pivot that needed to happen. And I think we can get so, again, kind of putting these blinders up, we get so closed minded to what's happening and thinking that, I mean, I guess it is a sense of failure and we automatically equate like a sense of failure as being unsafe. And it comes back to this, yeah. this felt sense of safety. Well, and the failure only exists when there's the attachment to outcome, right? Exactly. This, or, and the story you're putting to, outcome, to it. Right. My the only outcome I'm attached to is like living life mm -hmm. and letting life like let let like seeing where my life goes. That's my only attachment. Therefore, we never fail. Mm -hmm. Even when shit hits the fan, <laughs> even when something supposedly falls apart, I'm like I'm unattached to my business being successful. You know, I I only thing I'm attached to is like what's next. You know, like wh where does that, and not, that doesn't mean like forever chasing and move. I don't think, you know, I'm, I'm not moving anytime soon, but like, that's not this like unhealthy attachment to like the grass is always greener. It's more so just like, cool. Like, let's just, let's live in Hawaii for a bit until we don't want to. And then we'll see what's next. You know, let's travel for a bit. We'll just see what's next. We'll see what happens. And 
I've learned, you know, one of my husband's favorite analogies is like the, the idea of like a ski slope. And we talk about like, if you ride the, if you ride the chair up and there's only one path, you're going to get off the chair and you're going to go down that same path. And the snow is going to keep piling down and piling down until it Those looks like there's nowhere else be, to go. Yeah. 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 And yeah. like, if you want to, if you want your life to change, you've got to do something different. Mm -hmm. I'm all for like big leaps. I'm like, do something really big. <laughs> Quit your job. Leave your husband. Like, <laughs> okay, don't, don't, don't just leave your husband. If he's a good man, don't leave him. But like, you know, I, I'm here for like doing really big things. Um, I'm also like, I don't know, maybe like drive a different road to work that day. Mm. Eat at a different restaurant. Mm -hmm. Cook a different meal. Listen to different music. Or just wear slow different down. clothes. Yeah, slow down. Slow down. Do anything different. And the more you start to make little tiny shifts, the more your brain can start to, you know, think in new ways. So you can start to see new things, see new opportunities that weren't there before. Then all of a sudden you're carving these new paths and you get up to the top of the slope and you've got endless paths. You know, I get to the top of my slope and I have, I feel like I have mm. gone down the entire hill. And I can go anywhere I want. That's how I feel limitless is because yeah. I'm not like, I have to keep doing the same thing. But I, I always say like, I commit myself to a life of reinvention. You know, mm, I've been the, so the, the homemaking stay at home mother. I've been like this, uh, you know, years before I had babies, like the traveling <laughs> weed smoking hippie, you know, and then, you know, you go through these different seasons. Um, right now I'm really in my like suburban mom in a minivan oh. era. And it's like, okay, like, and I'm going to be in this era until it's not working for me. And then we get yeah. to reinvent again and again and again. And it's like this yeah. oof, commitment to self-discovery over attachment to outcome, over financial success. And this is actually what brings me, I would say, amazing abundance is that non-attachment to having it. Mm. Yeah. Oh, so much is coming up. You just mentioned like financial abundance. And I I can imagine that for someone listening, especially if they haven't really spent a lot of time with you, they might be saying like, Hannah, like your head's in the clouds, like all these things are all fine and dandy, but those are really big risks and you need money to live. Like we need yeah. money. It's 2024. We can't just trade beads. Like we need money. So yeah. Um, maybe let's like bring the conversation there because money really is a, oh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like money does give us that felt sense of safety. Yes. 100%. So to walk into a direction where money is the unknown and that like financial insecurity is there. Um, mm, I'm even like, experiencing some yeah. of this in my own life right now like my husband I think I actually told you this when it first started um my husband is is switching jobs he's taking over that boat business um so starting in March like we honestly Hannah we do not have any money coming in like we don't know when money will be coming in and obviously I've done all this work and like I am at a place where I am just in deep trust that like this is the leap we need to take but in the moments when I kind of lose my footing and I'm not grounded in that foundation, the real fears of like, oh my God, how are we going to pay our mortgage? 
how are we going to pay our utility bill? Come in. <laughs> like money is a very yeah. real fear. Money is a very, very real mirror. And I, yeah, I won't even lie or pretend to like love and light that one. Like it's very, very real. Um, and I think it also has a lot to do with, like I said, like we were, when we, when we quit the nine to five, you know, we did build up, I built up a foundation. You know, I don't think this is all just frequent. I talk about a lot about frequency and form. It's not just all this frequency play in the ethers. Everything will be fine if you just trust and leap. It's like, okay, but like build a good foundation. So, you know, I built a foundation for money to come in and then also staying super humble. Like we were committed. Okay. If shit gets hard, we're going to, we were living in our camper. I'm like, we're going to park our camper on some free land. We're going to you know, probably not have utilities for a while. We're going to, my husband would get a job at like a restaurant or Walmart, like so humble. And like, that is okay. I am safe there. There is always a way to make money. There is always jobs. They might not be the jobs you want, but also like, if you need it, it's there. Any, I would say anyone can go get a job at McDonald's. Anyone can go get a job at Walmart. It's not anything that I personally want to do, but it's possible. And so being also humble enough to accept the unforeseen natural consequences of your choice and being willing to surrender your ego to, I might have to do something I don't want to do to get where I want to go. That has been a really big leap for us. Now, I have personally found anyone who makes these leaps, they typically don't end up following into that path. They typically end up falling into the more abundance path. You know, I shared it online, but I actually just, um, I've been on maternity leave, uh, a kind of maternity leave um, since November. And I just hit, um, I think I just hit 40K on maternity leave. So that's taking three months off work. You know, I'm not just over here talking at my ass. That was also something that I, you know, had to build a foundation for. And I had to put a lot of work into it prior to having the baby um, to get there. And there are these pathways to abundance. But first, we have to detach from, you know, the outcome. When I looked at maternity leave in October, I decided I was going on leave I think the last day of our last call was my last was my yeah. last work. So like November November fourth, I went on maternity leave, and fo- February fourth is when I start officially working again. In October, I told my husband, "I don't I don't know what's going to happen. We might have like I don't know if we're going to be able to make our rent. You might have to go get a job." Right after I had a baby, and I remember crying and sobbing and shaking and moving through it, and I was like, "Okay, cool." We might have to do that. That's okay. If we have to do that, we'll do it. It's safe. It's safe to not know. Yeah. You know, and that's also having that trust that like, I guess we do have some trust in self. I trust that we're capable enough adults and that we're motivated enough that we will do what needs to get done to handle shit. Yeah. Um. And then, like I said, I ended up having like a 40K maternity leave. That isn't something I could have predicted. That is... um. Four times what I thought I would do on these months. I was ready for my husband to go start working some like shit job one week postpartum. I was ready for that. And it was scary. It's so, it was so terrifying. And I don't know if that like surprises you to hear me tell you this, but 
Like I, that's the thing is I'm okay with that. I'm like, cool. If that is what happens, that's where we're meant to be. And like, we're meant to be humbled for a bit. Yeah. And I trust, I trust God. I trust the seasons of life. I trust whatever we're going into. I trust you. I trust me. We can do this. Yeah. One word that really stood out to me is commitment. And I think commitment could easily be interpreted as being committed to the outcome. And I know that's not at all what you're saying. Instead, like you were speaking about this, like commitment to self and like this devotion to um, just like you've kind of already mentioned, like living life and being okay with the the seasons that come your way. And we haven't even talked about seasons and cycles, but like being okay <laughs> with like the storms that come and knowing that like you can still stand and and like you said, yeah. like um potentially like being humbled and like just being okay with having to do something that might feel like it's bruising your ego in the moment. I think when we can, when we're taking these big leaps into the unknown and into the darkness, yeah, it comes with this okayness of like, it's okay if, if this doesn't work out like on paper, like it's okay. Well, also like, like, let's redefine working out. Yeah, well, exactly. That's why I kind of put it in like quotes. So it's, it's really about not, not like. I don't even know what I'm trying to say. Like not putting really big labels on things and being really, really aware of the stories that you're telling yourself. Cause that's the thing. They are just stories and you yeah. are the narrative of your life. So as things are happening, you get to take responsibility and like decide for yourself what this means. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We chose to leave this this is also you know leaving the nine to five I think that's probably a lot of your listeners too are either are leaving the nine to five or they want to um it's (laughs) this is the exchange is that you leave the stability the perceived stability of an employer yeah and you leave the stability of a salary and knowing that every two weeks you're going to get x amount of money and it's stepping into like the unknown and regulating, you know, I've done so much. This isn't just something we just do. You know, I've done yeah. my husband and I together have done so much nervous system work to regulate, to be safe here. And I'm actually a little bit of a masochist because when shit does hit the fan in our life, I'm like, Oh, something so good is about to happen after mm-hmm. this. Like whenever <laughs> anything's falling apart and my husband hates it. Cause like, it will literally be going through like the most traumatic or shitty thing in our life. And I'll be like crying and I'll be like, it's going to be really good in a month. Yeah. I'm so excited. <laughs> I'm so excited for what's next. We're making so much space. Like, <laughs> because, we but are. again, that comes this back is, to know, this like trust, right? This trust. Yeah. And like you said, it's not necessarily trust in self. It's just trust in like, the divine timing of everything and like the unraveling of life and creating space for it to happen. You know, what are your spiritual beliefs? I'm just going to always be like coming back to the main question is like, I don't know. I believe that everything is for me. Mm. I believe, I don't believe in good and evil. I don't believe in heaven and hell. I don't believe in like this, (laughs) you know, this like super restrictive uh, binary linear life. Um, I believe that everything is for me and I believe the best way to get 
better at it and get more of it is to follow my heart. I believe my heart and my body are my own, the, the best compass, the only compass really that we've been given on this earth, um, besides looking to nature herself, which is cyclical, which has so much death, so, so much death, so much destruction, um, which always breeds so much new life. Mm -hmm. I talk so much about the tree that falls in the forest mm -hmm. that, you know, mm -hmm. Is mm -hmm. it your, even if it's your favorite tree, favorite Nicole, tree. even if yep. it's your favorite tree yep. that's falling in the forest, like it needed to fall so falls, that it would show yeah. your new path. Yeah. Well, and also like, oof, when a tree falls, uh, how many new homes were just made for ground yeah. animals? How many mm -hmm. mushrooms get to grow? You know, so much things that weren't there before. There's now so much space. And this really is. You know, I don't want to say success is a mind frame because I do think there's so much form. Like I said, like I, I'm not just like, yeah, I'm just super positive. And all of a sudden I wake up and there's 40K in my bank account. Like it's not that simple. You know, I had to build a business. I had to learn how to create streams of revenue. I had to learn how to yeah. create something with tangible and valuable. I had to get uncomfortable. I had to put myself out there. I had to I was going to say you also have website. to put yourself out there, allow yeah. yourself to be seen. People don't just like, hand money unless like you are giving them a reason to hand you money and I think that's something that right. especially I fell into this trap like as a new budding entrepreneur or whatever you want to call me like I thought oh okay well as long as I have like an Instagram account like people are just gonna like want to hire me and it's like no you actually have to <laughs> do a little bit more than that and maybe we can kind of go in the direction yes. of like masculine hold and feminine flow. And I guess more tangibly yes, speaking yes, about the yes. masculine hold and like the systems in place. Um, and maybe you just want to speak from your own experience with maternity leave and like the systems in place to be able to give even the option of the abundance that you're experiencing. Yeah. Because obviously without those systems in place, your husband would be working at McDonald's right now. <laughs> totally. Well, and to be fair to my husband, he has so many skills. He would not be working. He, if he listens to this, he's going to be like, what's the He has so many skills. He is, he built, he built an entire house. He could build an entire car. We, he probably wouldn't be working at McDonald's, but you know. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, let's go to extremes for the story. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like worst case scenario. Oof. So it's, I love this. And this is where I always, you know, one of my current limits and blocks that I'm working through is like, I always tell myself that my story and my success is like too, it's too multi-dimensional to explain. And uh, I love I can't actually believe we've gone this entire conversation without you saying that word. <laughs> multi-dimensional. Multi <laughs> it's my favorite word. Um, because everything is, it's the mirror, it's yeah. the micro, it's the macro. And um yeah. You know, I didn't know I was going to get pregnant <laughs> when I got pregnant last year. Um, but I had been following spirit and following intuition and following the seasons for so long of, you know, cyclical creation. And in the spring, actually long before the spring, I had, um, I just been continually doing what was called of me, dropping workshops, creating relationships online, continuing my mentorship. Um, I started building Inner Mastery. Um, I actually started building Inner Mastery last fall, uh, two falls ago. It wasn't time to launch it. I let it simmer. I let it simmer. I started working on it in the spring. I launched it in the early summer. It felt very, very successful for me. Um, and then I'm pregnant. 
And so now I have this, this beautiful thing that has been, it's already been birthed that I can relaunch. So, you know, I love transparency around money because it's like, okay, 40 K on maternity leave. Where did that come from? So because of all the work I had done prior to continually build this life for myself, by the time I went on maternity leave, I had, um, evergreen offering that I could put out there, which is the frequency foundations bundle that I had been working on for a year. I think that brought in somewhere from like 11 to maybe $17,000. Um, just being able to continually sell that. And this isn't even, see, now I'm getting into, now I'm getting into something else, you know, it's we not can even go something I have to, it's not, it's not <laughs> even something I have to sell um, anymore. Mm -hmm. I just, I share my experiences and I share my life. I'm embodied in my work and I just mm -hmm. share my day-to-day -day life and what I'm moving through. And that is what sells the frequency foundations for me. I don't and embodying the work like, is yes. the best marketing strategy. Like if you Which take anything away from this conversation, leave. like embodying yeah. the work is your best marketing strategy. And Hannah is doing that. <laughs> Which makes this selling so easy. Right. Well, this is like, you know, how I made money through my entire maternity leave was like, you know, I didn't, it's funny because I'm like, was it actually maternity leave? Because I'm posting on Instagram all the time. I'm not like, hey, everyone buy this thing. I'm like, hey, here's my life. And then it's selling. Um, I think about, I don't know how much, I don't know how much money, but a lot of it was affiliate sales through relationships with um, brands that I have been building for years um, that I was able to just like share like, Hey, this is what I'm doing. This is the link to it. And then watch that money come in. Once again, I've been building that for years. I didn't start out having massive affiliate numbers. Uh, for a while I had really low affiliate numbers, but it's just the consistency there and the embodiment, you know, it's not just like, Hey, go buy this. It's like, Hey, this is how I'm utilizing this in my life right now. Um, and then I had a lot of, I do a lot of uh, long-term payments with my clients. So I had a lot of clients on reoccurring payments through my entire maternity leave. And then I had Intermastery, which is something that I had launched last year, which I was able to launch this month. Um, and I created all of the marketing long before maternity leave. And I started writing on it and I did all of the, the website. I had everything prepared before I had the baby um, so that when time was right postpartum, I didn't know when I was going to launch. I didn't know when I was going to give birth. I didn't know when I was going to launch it. I just knew at some point, this is coming into trust, at some point I'll feel ready. Um, and I launched it and I was able to book in um, many, many clients into Intermastery because of the foundation of a year plus of really hard work. So, you know, and it's, it's really this cyclical process that has to be built and trusted. And I didn't know, you know, a year and a half ago when I was creating these workshops that I would someday bundle them. That wasn't ever a plan. Mm. I just felt called to launch a workshop and I launch it. And this is kind of where it's like, you don't have to know the long-term goal of what you're creating, yeah. right? You feel called to start a podcast. You just start one. Yeah. And like, see where it takes you and see where it goes. And I have a podcast. I record like one or two episodes every six months. That's okay with me. I don't need it to be consistent. I will let it go when it goes. It is there yeah. when I need it. And it's not there when I don't need it. And just allowing things to be a little less structured than maybe like the bro coaching world will teach you. Because <laughs> I know you and I have talked so much about it. Like, it's okay to not know where these things are going. It's okay to hold an idea. 
I have a lot of ideas for things I want to create. Um, my Google Docs page is insane. Um, just literally hundreds of documents of things that I will probably never take anywhere. At one point, I thought I wanted to stop doing my work altogether and write a blog. I wrote like 40 pages of blogs. They're all, this is like a year ago. I'm never doing a blog, like, but they're all there. If at some point it then like lights me up again, I have it there. And I trusted that it wasn't, it wasn't a waste of time to write those. They came through me. They wanted to be written, you know, um, inner mastery is something I launched in May of 2023. I started writing it in probably August 21. I didn't know what I was writing. I just knew that there was something in me and I didn't push myself. Okay. I have to, every time I sat down and pulled up inner mastery, do I want to write in this? Does it feel intuitive? Is it coming to me today or is it not? It's not cool. Shelf it, shelf it for later. What is alive? Mm, that's my big question. What's alive in me today? And can I trust that? And can I follow that? And can I let everything else just move through me? Can you let it move through? Can you let it just come out? And trust that when it's time, it'll it'll move forward. So there is this big game of trust and fear. And yeah, coming back to, I never know if it's going to be, you know, nothing is secure. That was uh, something one of my friends had said to me recently. And she was like, oh, you just have such a stable income. I'm like, girl, my income is so unstable. <laughs> like, I don't know. I have no idea if I'm going to have money in July. I do know that I will do whatever it takes to to move forward there's nothing and that's what's stable for me that feels way more stable and than working the nine to five where i'm not in control i'm not in control of of um how how far i can go the nine to five that's up to someone else i'm not in control of how much money we make i'm not in control of how fast we move i'm not in control of you know if my husband gets promoted and how much that is so limiting there's only so far he can go in his line of work. If I was to go get a nine to five job, which, you know, I had prior to kids, there's only so far I can go. But in this space, I am completely limitless. I could sign a brand deal and make $500,000 this year. I could also flop and do nothing this year. And that is the, that's why it's called the leap. You know, people want, yeah. they're like, oh, I want to leap, but I'm so scared. I'm like, yeah, it's the fucking point. It is terrifying. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah. One thing that really stood out in the whole year that you kind of just described is obviously because I know you and I know how cyclical oriented you are, um, this, this preparedness is what I'm seeing. And like, you didn't like you said, like you didn't know exactly where money was going to come from. You didn't know that, okay, this much would be from affiliates, this much would be from inner mastery, this much would be from the bundle, but you knew that you were going to be taking time off work. So you prepared for that season ahead. And again, if we're kind of relating this and mirroring this back to nature, like, I mean, it's like if you're like planting, I don't know, I don't garden, but I'm sure if I did, if you plant a garden and you know there's like a storm coming or you know there's like a drought coming, you prepare for that. And so, again, I feel like this is like really teetering into 
okay, well then are you like attaching to the outcome? And, And no, no, you're not. You are just preparing for what's to come. And again, it's not about fixing what comes. It's just about tending to what comes in that day and in that moment. And it, it really comes back to this, this, not only self-awareness, but also just this openness to the present moment and not being like 10 steps ahead. That's kind of what I'm hearing is just being really present to what's in front of you right now. We can't be 10 steps ahead. If you think you're 10 steps ahead, you're lying to yourself. You can't Mm -hmm. be, you have no idea. Mm -hmm. Well, especially when, I mean, as women, we're just so cyclical. You cannot be 10 steps ahead. It's a joke. Um, Yeah. But you can, I mean, so yeah, I do orient to the seasons really well. Um, that's my my only orientation besides like to my heart and to my body is the seasons. Yeah. It's the one thing that I can look outside and say, okay, like, what do I know about creation? Uh, creation yeah. is a cycle that involves death. That's all I know for sure. And I know the yeah. phases of the cycles. If you look to the four seasons of fall and you know what? Yeah, I, I am a gardener, so I will share this. You know, I had my baby in the dead of winter. Love it. Love having a baby in winter. Um, I planted the, the seeds of what I was going to do in spring. It blossomed in the summer. It was successful. And then in fall, as I'm preparing for the next year, you know, fall is the time that you are composting. You are taking down your garden. You are, yeah, you're fine tuning. You're really, really preparing you're preparing for a long winter's rest. And that's, you know, what I do. And even if I don't have a baby, I think I actually will do something like this again next year. And I just also right now, right. I'm already preparing. I'm already preparing for next year. I'm already thinking about, you know, I don't know how the money is going to come in July. I have a lot of ideas and I have all the ideas out there. And I'm also like, we'll just see how I feel. I'm not going to attach to any of them. I've got, um, there's a couple brands I really love to affiliate for. And I'm like, okay, I, you know, I could go really hard on some of those. I could also not, maybe something will be birthed through me. Maybe it won't, but I've got all these options and it's kind of like letting it flow, you know, having the options, but then being really, really flexible feels really important. Um, yeah. yeah there is, I mean, I don't want to, I don't want to, Oh, sorry. You go, you go. No, you go. Okay, I was just saying, I don't want to make it seem like I just like have no plans at all. Like I do have so many plans, but they're just so like the the bigger the bigger plan is like we'll see where spirit takes me. Right. (laughs) Which is and then anchoring to that. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Well, and just bringing bringing us all back to that visual of being at the top of the ski slope, right? You just got off the chairlift, and now, yeah, what 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 groove do you want to follow? And for a lot of people, there's only one track. Yeah. Yeah. And if you create enough for yourself, you've got a lot of options, which is where I'm at. I didn't have this many options last year for income, Um, but this year it feels explosive. And now my husband also has a lot of, um, you know, because he's been able to move out of the nine to five, he also has a lot of space for creative um, income as well. Yeah. mm -hmm. Yeah. It's yeah, it's yeah, really beautiful. Space is so so potent. I think we, as a society and a culture, just do not create enough space. We're always rushing. There's always this sense of urgency. And I know you and I have talked a lot about urgency and how that feeling can sometimes be productive. Um, we don't need to go there right now. I'm just kind of saying that word and it can plant a seed to whoever's listening to maybe just start noticing what brings up urgency for you and um, 
what story you might be attaching to it. But where I did want to go is maybe talking about scarcity for a second and how I've heard you say this before and I've said it too, like we can't thrive in scarcity. Um, so like in the midst of all this, and we kind of talked about money already and money is often kind of the root of where scarcity might be coming from, but I don't even know if I have a question. I guess my my question is just like, where does scarcity fit into your life? And I know you probably have no space for it, but what do you do when it tries to creep in? Oh, I have a lot of scarcity in my life. It's just, it's so, it's okay to be there. It's okay. Mm. Right. I, I talk big on victimhood too. And I'm like, don't, you know, don't be a victim. It's like, mm. also like, it's so, it's okay. Like I yeah, play we've talked about this too. We're like, let yourself be victim-y and like, yeah. see how long it lasts. And the thing is, is it doesn't right like, yeah. if you just feel your feelings, they move through you and then you're done. Like the whiny fit stops. <laughs> my favorite practice is instead of like holding on to my whininess, be like, I tell my husband, I'm like, I'm going to just like go. Can you just hold me? Yeah. And I, after a while of just whining and complaining about everything, it's it's gone and I have nothing to yeah. whine and complain about anymore. But it's when we see ourselves feeling whiny and victimy and we get mad. I don't know right. why I Again, feel this way. I don't know how to get out of victimhood. That label to it. You're being a you're yeah. being a victim to your victimhood. Like just be a victim. It's okay. It's cool. Yeah. We all play. Yeah. We all play in yeah. scarcity. We all play in victimhood. Like allow it to play out, allow mm -hmm. it to move through. Mm -hmm. I think scarcity has a lot to do with worth as well. Um mm. you know, I I look around the world. Um there is more than enough money there's people who are billionaires there's people who are multi-billionaires there are women who are 500 times less qualified than me making 500 times more money than I am and like it, it all comes down to this um you know I don't want to even call it a mindset um because once again there is so much actual work that happens with it but just like claiming it like that I can have yeah. that it's for me um yeah it's an energy it's a frequency and also, it's an, yeah, it's egos, an openness. scarcity, scarcity is, comes in with my ego so much where it's like going back to the job at McDonald's, right? Like there, there is no scarcity. There is money to be made. It's just yeah. about, you know, <laughs> what you're, what you're willing to do to make it at this point. I'm, I'm not really willing to go work at McDonald's. There's so many other, there's so many other avenues and streams for my family, um, I'm going into gratitude for what you have. You know, I had someone ask a question box the other day about money on my stories. They were like, you know, I just have this feeling I'll never make any money. I'm like, That's, you've made money. How old are you? 35? Mm -hmm. Have you ever had a job? Did you ever babysit? You've made money before. You can make mm -hmm. money. It's a lie right off the bat to say, I'm afraid I'll never make money. It's literally, you have made money. You are capable of making money. So like, let's just like cross that lie out. And then we have to dive deeper, right? Is it a fear that you're never going to make X amount of money? And let's say it's like, I, I have a fear and then we get, right? Okay, let's say it's, I have a fear I'm never going to make $10,000 in a month. Okay, cool. Like, who's the woman who makes $10,000 a month? What does she do? Um, do you have a limiting story on why you aren't her? Does she have something that you don't have? We have to get really curious about our stories. We have to get really playful with our stories. Um, some people, you know, we can go both ways on this. Some people have this story that to make $10,000 in a month, you have to work yourself into the ground. Yeah. Oh, I'd have to do X, Y, Z. Okay, well, then you're going to have to do X, Y, Z. You create the streams and revenues, you know? Um, 
for how you're going to be getting the money. And, and the other thing, the other side of that would be like, you know, I don't have the skills for it or whatever. And it's like, okay, then you're not going to, you, you really do get to create this reality where you either learn to value who you are and fine tune it, or you don't. I talk to a lot of women who are also say like, I don't have a skill that I could monetize and I don't have, I'm like, you, you definitely do. You just have to get creative. And also if you can't quote unquote monetize it to 10 K a month right now, get fucking better at it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like I have, I've always been very intuitive. Um, I've always been able to do energy work. Was it at the level that I'm at right now, a couple of years ago? No, I wasn't ready. I, I hadn't, I wasn't doing the work myself. It wasn't embodied. Yeah. And so there's then also to something to be said and, about like the speed of expansion. Right. And like, yeah. even if you did turn around and like in your first launch, you made 10 K like, can your, can your nervous system even hold it? I know mine couldn't like, yeah. um, it's something that I, I need to build myself up for and, and increase like that, that window of tolerance and the capacity for yeah and, and that's that the same with like followers and like being, being like it's all the same things we kind of again attach ourselves to the these outcomes of what it means to be successful and like what mm-hmm. what measures of success look like and again this is just I guess a really massive invitation to get curious about what stories you might be writing about yeah. those things The stories about the followers count is always so interesting to me. I know women who have hundreds of thousands of followers who affiliate really hard and like maybe make dollars, a couple hundred bucks. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing. Yeah. I know women who have a couple thousand followers and kill it on sales. You know, my, one of my mentors who has less than 10,000 followers charges like 20 K for a container and she books it out. It's not about the follower count. I won't lie. Like, you know, getting, getting, having more people and having all your stuff shared, it does matter. And it can of help. Of course, like math, that's it. math but just saying, makes yeah. it make sense. <laughs> <laughs> math makes it make sense. Yes. But also it's not every, it's not everything. And to think yeah. that that's everything is so, so limiting. Um, yeah. You know, I had my first four figure handful client with less than 3000 followers on social media. Yeah. Um, you know, and it's, it's just these limiting, really limiting stories we tell ourselves and being able to trust the process. And once again, when we detach from making a certain dollar amount and having a certain, you know, a certain amount of followers, when we detach from all of that and really just come back into self-discovery, then we can fine tune our work. Right. So going back to me saying, you know, I wasn't ready to, to hold women in the way that I, that was worth ten thousand dollars a month yeah a lot of women have medicine i say this all the time a lot of women have so much potent medicine but can you actually structure it in a way that's valuable that gives people results i think so yeah. many women will say to me oh i, I want to it's birth workers i love i love birth workers um i want to guide women into their intuition and i'm like great how are you going to do it on an hour-long mm-hmm. phone call with you? What are they? What are you going to talk about? You just going to tell well, like them you how said, powerful like, they are. Like three prenatal meetings isn't going to help them, like rebuild their relationship with their yeah. intuition. What can, but what can yeah, you do in lifestyle. three meetings? What could you do in three meetings? Let's say you only have time and space for three meetings. What could you do, and how much value can you pack into those three meetings? What skill do you have to offer? You don't have a cool. Go gain some fucking skills. 
Yeah. <laughs> you know, go gain some Yeah. skills. And Yeah. this is like, you know, go learn body work, go learn energy work, go learn hypnosis, go learn herbalism, whatever it is. Like you want to offer something that's high value. You have to have a high value skill more than just like I gave birth and I know birth is really powerful and I know a lot about it. Anyone can get a birth book and read about it. Anyone can read Ina May. Anyone can watch The Business of Being Born. Those things that used to work for doulas, they don't work anymore. They're not high value. They're not high value anymore. And maybe in some spaces, um, I would say in the free birth realm, at least in the birth circles that I've been running in for a few years, you know. free birthing women we don't need to be educated on the dangers of induction right we need women need Yeah. to be oriented to their body um we need Yeah. we need like really good intuition intuitive skills or you know whatever it is now even if you aren't in the birth world it's like are you actually offering something that can't be found in a book Yeah. I see a lot of women offer things that I could read in a book or I could google in one second And then they wonder why they're not booking out their containers. Yeah. And I'm like, where's the tangible structure and what are the results? And can you convey it? Um, Yeah. and to convey it, you have to be living it. This comes back to embodiment. Where is your results? Where are you proving? You know, you want to show women how, how intuitive they are. Are you living by your intuition? Are you stuck in an abusive marriage? You know, you want to tell women how, whatever. You want to teach them whatever. Are you doing it? Is, are you the walking Well, and that's where embodiment the multidimensionality of your work? of it comes in Yeah. because it's not just because I've heard people say, oh, well, it's really hard to embody my work because I'm not pregnant and I'm not like if like, let's say if you're a doula and like this might be your argument is I can't embody the work because I'm not pregnant. Well, no, yes, you can. You need to embody it in all the other aspects and realms of your life, in your marriage, Yeah. how you handle your money, how you parent. Like it's all these things. There's still a mirror Your sexuality. and reflecting. Like it's, oh yeah, we didn't even <laughs> go in that direction, but yeah, Your sexuality it's all of is it. so big as a birth wicker, you know? You're going to teach women how to listen to their bodies. Are you listening to yours? Are you having sex you don't want to have? Are you being open and honest with your partner? Are you self-pleasuring? Do you have tension in your womb space? You want to teach a woman how to loosen up her body and give birth and open? Are you open? You don't have to be pregnant. Oh, I think that's like, I'm like, oh, it's such a cop out. You don't have to be pregnant Mm -hmm. to know how to guide birth. Yeah. Like Yeah. it's, it's all about the embodiment of the work and being that living, breathing example that I talk a lot about a business that's just like flowing and easeful. And that's really for me. And, and anytime my money stops and slows down, oh, I'm a very grumpy baby who wants to nurse, um, You know, last year I had like, I think I had like a $2,000 month, which is like one of my lowest months. And it was very stressful um, for my family. And I had to check myself and be like, I actually haven't been doing any of my practices. All I've been doing is creating canvas and trying to tell people what to do. All I've been doing is, <laughs> all I've been doing is trying to sell to people. All I've been doing is saying, hey, buy this from me. Hey, pay me. Okay, where's the embodiment? Show me what it looks like. And as soon as I stop trying to sell something and just live my fucking life and live my medicine, that's when the money just begins to flow in so effortlessly. Um, yes. Yeah. I'm trying to rein myself in. I have like two different directions. I like sort of want to go, but I'm also super mindful of the time. 
Um, so maybe I'll kind of spit both out and you can tell me which one feels more alive. Yeah. Coming back to the the message around, okay, if you feel like you don't have something super high value, go out and learn it, go out and gain that skill. I think that can sometimes be a really slippery slope, again, almost where we are outsourcing our credentials past, like really, like your biggest credential is your embodiment. But what can happen is people get so focused on, oh, I need this certification and I need this certification. I need to learn from this person. And that's like its own spiral that isn't actually supportive to anyone. That's one direction we could go. The other direction. um, Oh my goodness. Did I just lose it? This might answer our question. Um, Shoot. What were we just talking about? We were just saying. um, Let's just go the other direction. Okay. (laughs) Great. I'm I'm super here for it. Um, I found (laughs) if you're actually embodying and living it, you don't consistently you know, need to keep learning certifications. Yeah. And this also goes, are you taking all these courses and these certifications with the goal of I need to make money or is it self-discovery? What is the attachment to outcome? Mm -hmm. Comes back to the intention. Mm -hmm. You know, and I, I do this very often. I, you know, I get, I get sucked into the coaching world all the time on Instagram Mm -hmm. and I'm like, oh, I should buy all these courses. And I'm like, why? And I have Mm -hmm. to actually stop check in with my nervous system, check in with the stories I'm telling myself, check in with my body and be like, is it to service myself or is it the attachment to more money and more clients and more followers? Yeah. Yeah. If it's not service, if it's not like service to, I don't service to self is a, is a funky statement to make and it's got some depth. So don't take it too seriously, but like, if it's not in service to my own spirit and to my own self-discovery, um, you know, then there's like that attachment to a specific outcome. And I'm never going to be happy with a coaching container. That's a big thing is I get that all times. Oh, I've invested in so many courses and I've never gotten the results. What's different about yours? I'm like, nothing. Honestly, it's you. Mm-hmm. If you keep investing yeah. in courses and you're not getting anywhere, it's actually, are you embodying your work? Are you continually just trying to make more money? What is your attachment? And that's always the question I ask people is like, what's your goal by taking this? And if yeah. they tell me, oh, I just want to make more money. I'm like, this is not the space for you. I hold spaces that are committed to like deep dive self-discovery and surrender. And you might need to surrender. You know, I've got a what I'm working with um, upcoming in the next couple of months. And like we've already talked about, it's like it's surrendering that it's actually not your season to be making money. You've been trying to make money, quote unquote, for so long. It's actually time to to deal with self. And like, can you surrender to stopping your job for a while if that is where you're taken? Yeah. You might well, need six that months of inner work. That yeah. clean foundation. And like, I think mm-hmm. you've asked me this before. Like, are you building a house of cards? Or are you building like a fucking like mm. cathedral? Right? They require yes. very different foundations. <laughs> and they it do. takes time. They do. Yeah. And can you can you be okay with the ride? Right? I'm so okay with however long. I'm not, I'm not here. It'd be great to scale. It'd be great to expand this year. What does my nervous system want? What is my, what does my mm-hmm. medicine want? You know, I'm in devotion to the muse, you know, I'm in devotion to the mystery. I'm in devotion to the mystic. And what does she want? A devotion to the medicine, not in devotion mm-hmm. to money. When yeah. I'm in devotion to the medicine, I'm in so much alignment. I mean, the medicine in itself is rooted in the frequency of abundance. 
And so that is just, I always say money is a byproduct. Yeah. Success, financial success, followers, going viral, whatever it is you want, those are byproducts to the inner work, to the way that you yeah. feel about yourself, to the way that you're moving about your inner internal world. And if you want all of those things, you know, it's really time to get, get honest and get clean with like, what are my intentions and where am I going? And if you're just yeah. going to keep chasing, you know, certifications and cor- course, courses and coaches, it's like, okay, when are you going to stop and apply all those things? Are you going to learn all of the, let's go back to birth work real quick. Are you going to take all of the birth work courses on how to hypno, you know, dancing for birth and hypnobirthing and, uh, oh my gosh, I don't even know, spinning babies, all these things that are supposed to get women into their body, get women into their energy. Cool. You're certified in all of them. Are you in your body? Are you in your energy? If not, your business is never going to go anywhere. You can't guide someone somewhere you've never been. Yeah. You can learn it and you can regurgitate it. To inner mastery. Um, And you've been hinting (laughs) at it this whole time. And like, I mean, I can kind of sort of speak about my own experience. I'm really still in the midst of integrating everything. And I have decided to sign up and be part of the second cohort, which I'm really excited to just do another deep dive and allow the medicine soak in in this season of my life. Um, but yeah, that last line you just said about like, have you even, I don't even know what you said, but like, have you been in your own inner world? And really that's yeah. kind of what inner mastery is. It's literally like the key to your inner world. It is. Mm. <laughs> yeah, this really is, you know, I have a lot of women who come to me who want business coaching. They see what I've been able to do and they want that. And I've actually found it as a massive disservice to women to just jump in on business coaching because when I have tried to do that, it's like, uh, it's like trying to build, trying to build a temple atop a house of cards, right? Foundation, trying to build the temple on, on some sand. It's not going to, to work the way you want it to work. It's just the reflection. So Inner mastery isn't a business course. <laughs> I will forever say that, but you will see some leaps and bounds in your business when you apply the work, when you learn to be in your own energy grid. Um, and a lot of times, you know, a lot of the women in inner mastery are, um, they're women's coaches, there's nutritionists, there's body workers, there's birth workers. And that comes back to what I'm saying is, okay, all of these professions, you know, you want to serve your client better. You got to serve yourself better. And yeah. so that's really what inner mastery is, is this dive into what it's like to drop into, to navigate the stories within your own body, within your own psych, um, past or even your psych and your body into your generational line, into your, um, you know, your Akashic records or your karma on earth, your contracts that you've come here with to see them clearly, to start moving through them and only then can you can you guide someone else through that journey. Yeah, it's like an invitation to actually like integrate embodiment. It's like an invitation of, okay, here's all the things that you have kind of been taking in on a surface level and actually like seeing them reflected into your own inner foundation and then like filling in the gaps and actually like building up that foundation in a really clean like an energetically clean way if that makes sense 
Um, Yes. Because I think that's kind of what's happening in like the business coaching world is like, there's all this above ground stuff and all these like empty promises and all these strategies. And like, if you just do this, then you'll get this. And yeah, none, none of that works. And if it does work, it was just luck, but none of it works. And none of it is, well, that too. Right. And um, yeah, so like you said, Inner Mastery is not a business course, but it definitely has impact on your business. It also has massive impact on your relationships to self, to your kids, to your partner, to your body. Um, oh, it's I'd like love everything. to do business coaching. <laughs> I've, I've been thinking about it. This is okay. Part of the things that I'm brewing and simmering. I'd love to do business coaching. And I was thinking like inner mastery is a prereq. Like you have, there, yeah. there's no world oh, where I can yes. coach someone before doing inner mastery because so yeah. you say, you know, sometimes those things work and sometimes they don't, why doesn't it work for me? Well, if, if it works for someone else, it's more, most than more than likely their energy flows the same way their, their mentor or guides energy flows. Mm-hmm. Your like creation moves through them. Yeah. Right. Creation. Um, I'm going to use my, my sister, for example. Um, we both have, we don't have similar businesses, but we both, we both mentor and guide women. There you go. And her energy is like, if she tried to be online, like I was and sharing all the time and creating all the time and moving things really quickly, like she goes nowhere. She depletes, she's exhausted. It's not how her energy moves. My energy does move that way. Her Mm -hmm. energy is really slow. She can simmer and integrate for months and months and months and then drop something and it is electric and women Mm -hmm. grab it like crazy. That's how her energy works. And the only way you discover this is through getting into your body. How does creation move through me? Going down the ski hill. Yeah. Well, it's like, yeah, I mean, like I relate it to birth. I love using birth and sex. Uh, I like when I'm struggling in my business, I'm like, "Eh, we're not going to think about business. Let's think about birth and sex. Where am I rigid? Where are my clothes? What are my expectations? Where am I tense? Where do I project? Where do I whine? Where do I play victim? If I can discover that in in my sex life, I it's the exact same thing in my business, and then I can just and then I can practice it with my husband because he's such a he's such a safe place for me to to move through these things, and then I can just take it into my business and you know business and money. This is really it's just the energetics of receiving, giving, and receiving. This is the only place that it really matters uh, is is giving and receiving. Am I open? Am I closed? Am I honest? Am I vulnerable? Am I willing? Am I scared? Am I controlling? You know, and you can start to look at the way you view sex and pleasure. This is a really big part of inner mastery, right? Is like going into, you know, how am I moving with my womb? But when it does work for someone, I really have found it's because their energy, um, when, when like one of those like, you know, trendy coaching methods work for someone, I'm like, that's so great. That's how your energy moves. That's not how everyone's yeah. energy moves. Other reasons I can't do, I can't do like a group business course. Cause I'm like, you want to discover how your energy moves through you. And that's what inner mastery is. How does creation move through you? You can look to the way you've birthed as well um, and what your blocks are when you come up into birth. You know, as I just birthed my daughter, um, she came out and she was perfect (laughs) and healthy and she made a little teeny tiny cry and her eyes were open and she was so alert and aware. And I 
was like, she's going to die. That's all I can say. I called like two people. I, I called two people. I'm looking at her and they're like, is she breathing? Yes. What's her heart rate? It's perfect. Why do you think she's going to die? I don't know. You know, this is where I get to learn so much about myself as a creator. It's like I my what I create is so powerful and perfect that I sometimes yeah. literally doubt it and I'm willing to sabotage it. And I'm willing to then be like, I found this right now, like I'm doing really well in my business right now. And I'm like, I probably should take a course or hire a mentor or something. <laughs> Why? Why? Things are going really well. Can I just let them be okay? And so I've been actually for the past couple of weeks thinking about hiring someone or joining something. And then I thought back to that birth, my birth moment with her. And I was like, Ooh, can I just let things be perfect and stop sabotaging it? Can yeah. I just soften into the moment that things are just really good right now? And if, and when, you know, if, and when I, I will leap into something, I, I always want to join other things, but you know, we have to be able to connect these, uh, the energetics of giving and receiving and the energetics of creation, right? Creation is always moving through with us. It's always moving through nature. Um, and when we can tap into how we move with creation, we can tap into the success in business. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I also just want to magnify the importance of who you are circling around with, who you're sitting in council with and who's holding the mirror up for you, right? And is is that person vomiting all of their projections onto you or are they, like, is it a clean mirror? The importance yeah, of- Yeah, are you, are you hiring like, a coach or a mentor who thinks that, you know, you should be moving at a certain speed. That's a really good question for the women. The business girly is here. Yeah. Well, not even like in the scalability, but even like this is how you must do things, right? It must be a 10 email welcome sequence and you must show up on social media this much. Like, obviously that's not going to work for your sister. I love that example yeah. that you just weaved in, right? And how creation moves through each of us differently and our energies are all different. And I know for me, like I've really leaned into human design to understand myself more in terms yeah. of like energy. And we've talked about this too, how like there's different tools like human design where sometimes they're there for us and sometimes we can, we can use them, but we can also really teeter into like outsourcing our power to them. And again, it's just this like very fine line of Playing. Um, yeah. Playing. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's what I'm always that's just, that's my simple. thing to you, Nicole. Playing. Always like, are you playing? playing? Are you are you yeah. having fun? Mm -hmm. If you're not playing, you're not having fun. Your business is never going to magically get to a point where it's fun. Where yeah. it feels like play. If you're yeah. starting a foundation on it like rigid and forced, it's never yeah. gonna get to a point where it's fun. It's gotta start out fun. It's gotta start out as play. How how and, simple can it be? How simple can it be? right what if it was really simple do you need to build out a 20 module course with all these deep dives and all these extra calls and oh I've got clients in different countries and I want to make calls accessible for everyone and and I need to do a six-week launch and like or can you just can it be more simple and maybe that right there maybe that really more complex flow feels good for you feels good yeah. for your nervous system it feels good for the exchange but maybe it doesn't and maybe that's not for you and how simple yeah. can it be 
Um, you know, this is, I always coming back to like business coaching and, you know, the 10, I think you said 10 email sequence. It's just like, you know, like, what do you want to do? And also remembering yeah. there's no right or wrong way. Like you can yeah. launch something that flops. Yeah. I've had 110 women come to a workshop and I've had two women come to a workshop. Did one yeah. of those fail or flop? No. Did I learn massive things about myself on each? Yes. Do I give up after either? No. Yeah. You know, it's like you just, you just that trust. I trust that when I have a workshop and only two people attend, I trust that this is so divinely for these two people. I channeled this for two women. How fucking cool. More than likely, both those women are going to come back to me later on for, for more one-on-one yeah. -on -one work. And you, know? you added and another groove trust. to your ski hill. Yes. Self-discovery, self-discovery. And that's always, you know, my orientation is for my clients is like, how how playful can you get? How simple can it be? <laughs> how fun do you want it to be? How detached can you get? Um, yeah. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> is there anything else coming up for you? No, I feel I feel pretty complete on this. I think I do too. I will I will definitely share more information about inner mastery in the show notes for anyone that is feeling curious about that. We start on February 4th, so I'm going to get this episode out ASAP so that people mm -hmm. have space. Um but yeah, if you're listening to this and you are falling in love with Hannah, I totally invite you to come join us. It's going to be amazing, I have no doubt. Mm -hmm. Um thank you. I have, okay, I have a very random question, although maybe it's not random. Yeah. When, when, I want to hear the story. When did you become the primal priestess? And like, where did that come from? Gosh, this is, <laughs> ask me such a beautiful this question. This is so funny. Um, okay. <laughs> I knew something, this is how slow it all happened for me. So I knew something in my life had to change in November, 2021. Um, something had to change. Um, everything was bad in my life. Oh, not everything. It was actually really good. That's it's multidimensional. <laughs> um, my my yeah. husband, yeah, duality. My husband was working full time. I was just drowning at home with my two kids. Like we had our home and we had our home. This is, this is how it was so bad. I had everything I had ever wanted. And yeah. I felt like fucking shit. I had the homestead. I had the free birth. I had the chickens. I had the garden. I had the acreage. I lived in a beautiful location. I had a great circle of friends. I felt like shit. And it was because honestly, like my husband and I are best friends. And when we decided to have, you know, get married and have babies, we decided to do it together and we weren't doing it together. You know, he was missing out on our children's lives essentially. Um, so it wasn't working for me. And I decided that that winter that something would change. And I kind of simmered in that for a very long time. And I think it was maybe in like January or February, I was like thinking about, re, you know, branding my Instagram, which was a homesteading page at that time. <laughs> and I was like, you know, thinking about getting back into birth work and niching into birth work. I'm not a nicher. I'm a Manny Jenny. I should never niche. Um, <laughs> and... 
I was like thinking about all these birth names that I could rebrand my name account, my account to. And I was like, you know what? No, because I don't want to, I don't want to limit myself to birth and I don't want to have to change my name again. And so like I decided, I was like, I'm going to make a brand. I'm going to make a brand because brands make money, right? This is the form here. Um, brands make money. Businesses make money. What is the business name? And I was just really trying to think of like the work that I want to do with women. And so priestess feels very, very important to me. The priestess is the one who is willing to go into the underworld, to go to the shadows and to let them be her alchemy, to let them be her medicine and to not be afraid of the power. And the priestess is also the one who takes that medicine, that lesson to the collective. So I knew priestess would be into it and um, really coming into that, coming into like how I feel about birth, which is very cyclical, very nature-based um, is how I primal. came into primal, <laughs> primal, right? Like a very yeah. primal, it's a very, a yeah. cycle, cyclical dance with shadow essentially is the primal priestess. And as I, this comes to me while I'm driving on the freeway, I'm on the way to a birth at the time and the primal priestess comes to me and i am immediately humiliated i am like this is so cringy this is so embarrassing i'm going to change my name to the primal priestess i'm going to claim this i pedestaled her i was like you know the primal priestess is this type of woman and i could see her and i could feel her i could feel you know my brand colors are like really deep red deep green and like deep gold and i could see that and feel it immediately the, the you know the red is the blood the green is the earth the gold is like fucking abundance and I could feel this immediately and I was like that isn't me you know I'm just some I'm some malnourished mom you know I, this isn't me and I just started to anchor more of her every day and ask myself, what would, what would the primal priestess do? How would she move through relationships? How would she create a business? How would she treat her husband? How would she treat her children? And I just started making more choices in alignment with the woman that I wanted to become. I found naming her so, so very helpful. Naming her and giving her like an energetic signature, which is these colors and this vibe. She had a frequency to her. I could feel her. Um, and I just remember being humiliated. I remember like telling it to my husband. I was like, don't laugh at me when I tell you the new name. And he was like, I love it. And I, I was still so, I'm like, it's humiliating. And it's funny because now I've been, I've been using the primal priestess for a few years now. I'm like, I feel like I'm kind of phased out of her. She kind of feels too extra and needy for me. <laughs> she feels so like- So interesting because it's also- I'm going to keep her. Like you should keep her because that's like it's a brand now right and that's that's yeah. how we recognize you and I think what's also cool from that is it gives you almost like a compass and an anchor to come back to mm. to continually check in like am I am I like congruent with her am I embodying mm -hmm. her um mm -hmm which is really cool. I'm very inspired. I'm glad I asked. Yeah. That is really cool. <laughs> I'm glad you are too. And I think that's also something that I'll share just if you're in the steps of like building a business, it is like, who is the woman? Who is the mm -hmm. woman who has $10,000 months? And it's not about becoming someone else. It's about anchoring. A, it's about an anchoring a frequency of success. Mm hmm you know, and, mm -hmm. and it does give you something to move forward to. And it does work on social media. Let's be honest, like a trendy name and a 
and a, a frequency match. It works on social media. Why are you different than everyone else? You know, when, when I've got 10,000 women teaching about, you know, intuition and energy, why me? And it's the primal priestess is an encompassed frequency um, that I, I embody. And I love to continually fine tune her and give her depth and work with her in the quantum realms and see how she wants to evolve. But it is really, really helpful to have that vision because as we talked about, you know, investing in courses and all this stuff, the primal priestess isn't someone who just continually throws money at certifications. She, she hones in on her intuition and she very intentionally invests her energy, her time and her money into places that will expand her. And you know, if I'm just operating out of me, out of Hannah, who's got so much woundings all the time, you know, we all do, I probably would be throwing a lot of money at a lot of shit that I don't need. Mm -hmm. Um, But I really try to, you know, when I'm running my business, I try to, to really remember that intention and move out of, out of that frequency instead of like my wounded frequencies. So, yes. Mm. I think I'm just going to end and say, how simple can it be? <laughs> how simple, how simple can it be? Mm. Hey, before you go, I just wanted to say thank you for taking the time to listen to this episode. If you were thinking of anyone while listening, please send it their way. And if anything resonated with you or you love these conversations, please subscribe and leave a review. This really helps the podcast algorithms. Um, put my show in front of more people just like you and the last thing I would love nothing more than hearing from you so say hi dm me on instagram and give me a follow at nicole pasvier until next time